Hey, what's up, everyone, and welcome to episode four of the Build Something Show. This is a unique show uh, where it is just myself, Tom Tate, and my uh, co-host, Megan Nesta, talking about the excuses that we make for not building things, uh, whether it's starting a new business, whether it's uh, creating an application or solving a specific problem, we always seem to find ourselves making excuses for not doing things. And unfortunately, our third co-host, Chris, could not be on the show this episode. So this is a unique episode, and hopefully all three of us will be back in action this upcoming Friday. Until then, enjoy episode four, and check us out at buildshow.co, where you can find out when our next upcoming Blab is going to be uh, scheduled. And you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter. It's called The Stack Uh, It's our weekly letter where we kind of send you a uh, reading recommendation, an article that we uh, discovered on the web that we really uh, enjoy and appreciate, and also a weekly app recommendation. So a tool that you can use uh, to help you build things. And we're going to throw in a few Easter eggs here and there too. So again, my name is Tom Tate, and uh, this is episode four of the Build Something Show. Hey, what's up, everybody? And welcome to episode four of the Build Something Show, uh, where we meet regularly, weekly, usually at two, today at 3 p.m. Changing uh, Yeah, we're, we're switching it up a little bit. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, but we meet to discuss building things. Uh, they could be physical products. They could be startups. They could be personal pursuits. Uh, it really doesn't matter to us. Uh, we are just interested in... Uh, the art of the build. Uh, so last week, uh, well, Megan, why don't you introduce yourself? <laughs> just jump right into things. Yeah, no problem. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Megan. I'm a product manager, um, and I am excited about Build Something because I'm excited about learning with the community together how to get started, build some interesting stuff. Yeah, I'm going to move this big thing that's in, in my face. Um, yeah, my name is Tom Tate. I'm a project manager, uh, which is exciting because I get to kind of touch all different facets of, of projects from start to finish, um, which has given me a really awesome perspective on things. Um, so yeah, let's talk about last week real quick. Uh, last week was our, our experiment at an unstructured uh, show without an agenda. And like the, I guess the project manager in me was just kind of like wriggling with fear the entire time. There was a little twitching going on, but yeah, I, it, I, not to say that it was a disaster by any means. There's a lot of cool, interesting things that happen. Uh, but for those that that are just kind of learning about us and tuning in now for the first time, uh, last time uh, we talked about kind of how to find an audience, how to grow an audience and how to keep them engaged. Uh, and it was a very interesting conversation. But our, our objective, I think, was to go in and try to have our audience engage with us by coming on and nobody really jumped at the opportunity to come on. So it was, it was a little bit of filler. Uh, it ended up being a little bit uh, meta about platform because yes. we were experimenting with our platform that yeah. wasn't working like we expected. We were talking about our audience in front of our audience um, <laughs> and how we've grown and engaged them thus far. That's right. But it was cool. It was a good conversation. And uh, I guess this is a good opportunity for me to plug uh, the podcast, which isn't a traditional podcast, it's just a recording of these blabs, but it, it's it's cool that we're documenting these uh, so people can kind of check out our, our journey uh, into kind of growing a community of builders. 
Uh, you can check that out on iTunes. Um, it's officially hosted on SoundCloud. So soundcloud.com slash build dash something. Uh, you can check that out. Um, or you can go to buildshow.co and kind of check out all the things that we have going on uh, on our, our official website. Cool. So I guess we can just kind of roll right into the show. Let's roll. Okay. Let's cool. roll. Rolling in. We have one viewer right now, uh, Michael Smith, um, who may actually be the only person who has tuned into every single one thus far. I know. We should like gamify this thing. Give so him some thanks, sort of badge. Thanks, thanks, Michael. Um, if you're if if you're free and you want to just jump on um, at any time, you know, grab an empty room and jump on. That would be awesome. Uh, because we're down a member this week. Uh, Chris uh, has a, a commitment, so he can't join us. Um, but we have a bunch of sad face emojis uh, that we can kind of shoot out. And, uh, That's right. <laughs> you'll, you'll be here in spirit. Um, oh, thanks, Mike. My, Michael says, no problem. I mainly listen. You're, you all are beautiful, but I work and listen. Multitasker. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Like thank that. you for, for listening. Uh, so as I said, Chris isn't here today, um, which is unfortunate because he was very excited about today's topic, uh, which if you've read the description of the show, uh, it is excuses, excuses, why we fail to start. And I think that we could probably come up with a hundred excuses on why we don't accomplish the things we want to accomplish. Uh, what we did was kind of pull out three popular ones that we hear frequently, and we just kind of plan to have a bit of a roundtable discussion around each one. And then if anybody joins us at any time, uh, you know, we'll feel free to invite them to talk about some excuses that they've made. Uh, and this isn't like a, a this is a judge-free zone. We're not judging uh, people and their excuses and what they have and haven't accomplished. Uh, we're all guilty of making excuses in some capacity. Um, but yeah, it, it happens and it keeps us from building things. Uh, so I thought this was a good topic for us to explore. Um, any thoughts on, on this before we kind of jump in? I feel like this is like the topic for me of like yeah. the paralysis before starting and insert excuse number 11D, why I can't get started. Um, so I'm excited to kind of tease out some ways to actually get started. And finishing too. Like I think for for me, um, I'm just so obsessed with the uh, the excitement at the beginning of projects, yep. and it's carrying that passion and excitement through to the end, and not just dropping off at like eighty percent. And my excuse for not finishing projects is it's usually less of a tangible excuse and more or less like I jumped on to the next project mm -hmm. um, because I got excited over something else. So that's always. Uh, you know, something that comes up and maybe we'll, we'll talk about this. Excuse me. Maybe we should have a, a follow on or the conversation will naturally go there, but I have that same tendency to get to the 80% mark. Um, so I wonder if that's more widespread than we believe it might be to actually yeah. hike in that last little bit. Yeah. That, that final, like, you know, 20 yards before the touchdown always seems to be the, the most difficult. We need our own special teams. How do you develop a special team? Yes, somebody who can just come in and <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, let's let's table that for another episode. I think that would be a really good topic. Okay, cool. So, the first excuse that I typically tell myself 
before starting anything new is where am I going to find the time to do that? Like, I just don't have enough time to dedicate. Mm-hmm. And part of that comes from uh, having two kids and, you know, a house to take care of and, and you know, responsibilities, a full time job, responsibilities, and yep. like interests and hobbies too. Like, I don't want to completely ignore that, like, most people should have some type of interest in hobbies. You can't be 24 7. Uh, work, work, work right. or you're going to burn yourself out. Um, so yeah, that that's definitely something that comes up a lot for me. Uh, I'm curious if, if that's something you've kind of grappled with or have you been a great, you know, time manager for, for quite some time so that you've never really felt like time was an issue? I feel like time management has been in my professional career. Sure. I've like figured out how to manage that because it's very time box, right? So like you have a beginning of the day and the end of the day for your work day and it's easier to compartmentalize. Um, But I think that my go-to excuse is I have all those other responsibilities and I have all these other things going on. So therefore, you know, where am I going to find the time? And then I don't know if you find this, but then I feel like everybody, like my lens is everybody else is like able to stay up until midnight and then get up at 4 a.m. and like find the time where I'm not sure that's realistic. Um, and pretty sure it's not healthy. Um, but like, I feel like all these people that I admire have that either the drive or the like biochemical makeup to actually make that happen. Um, one, I think maybe the reality is just doing it smarter and being intentional. I don't know. I think that's definitely an element to it. Um, it's probably a combination of because I, I agree with you. So, and, and I, I, it's funny, Chris isn't here. Cause I think Chris is a perfect example of, like, I know these like, uh, kind of human machines who are able to just knock out these awesome things between the hours of like 11 and 1am. Um, uh-huh. it feels to me like it's a combination of, uh, something biochemical, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. being able to get into your sweet spot creatively and, and productively, uh, at the times in which you're able to carve out outside of the workday um, or mm-hmm. your other commitments. Uh, and I think a lot of that is like, you know, your biochemical makeup and the type of you know, person you are, which also ties into like nutrition and health and all these other things too. But I think right. the other thing is uh, focus and intent. Um, and I think that hmm. I, I have focus. What I probably lose is intent. So I was talking earlier about, you know, it's not really an excuse that like I jump from one uh, project to another. It's just like, I'm not able to sustain uh, the intent. Right. So it's, it's, it's interesting for me. Um, If that makes any sense. I don't know if that made any sense whatsoever. Yeah, I think, yeah, I definitely think it made sense. Um, But it's funny because I feel like it's, I would have said the opposite. I would have defined those two things the other way around. Um, but there's like a motivation, like, of having such an intense drive to see something to completion that it's just like, it, it consumes you all the time. Um, where sometimes I don't feel like I, well, maybe I don't give myself permission, but like, sure. I don't have the ability to let one thing pervade everything else. Like I have yeah. all these other things that I feel responsible for. I, yeah, I, I think that's what I mean with like focus and intent. Cause it's like, I, yeah. I'm 
sometimes I'm, I'm I'm able to to it's it's like giving yourself permission exactly you know like mm-hmm. do you find it's difficult to you know block off an hour of your time or two hours or three hours and say I'm just going to dedicate the this time to you know this personal pursuit or building something uh, whether it's a startup or a product uh, or for me like I'm writing a book and I keep mentioning that but you know, for me, the time thing was a real issue. Um, just because like, I, I was never traditionally a morning person. Um, and basically what, what would happen was I would work all day, you know, mm-hmm. so I would work eight to five, come home, eat dinner. Uh, my, my son is very needy around bedtime. So we have a very, uh, it's not intense, but it's, it, it is a very methodical time consuming, uh, bedtime routine that he has mm-hmm. where like we start at seven and it's, it, it might not be until like seven thirty-five, you know, that he's like actually yep. like asleep. Right. Uh, so by the time I get downstairs and clean up after dinner and, you know, do the other like responsibility things I need to do, it's like eight o'clock. Um, after a long day like that, and typically they are long days, I don't have the creative energy to sit down and start working on a novel, which requires yeah. focus, intent, creativity, uh, drive. Like all those things are gone by 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That the temptation of sitting down and watching an episode of Homeland or you know whatever show I'm watching. It's, Show to shore. Mm-hmm. it's hard you know what i mean like it's really difficult to, to, to juggle that plus the uh you know i i still need to maintain a healthy relationship with my wife too you know like yeah you know, like i can yeah. just like shut the door every night at eight o'clock and be like okay I, i'm i'm doing so my I thing think lo- i think a lot of it is permission right like it's 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 permission it's responsibilities it's all these things so like for me the only way that i was able to make any progress was to become a morning person uh, which was really mm. difficult for me, but like it, it just basically involved setting my clock back, uh, 15 minutes, mm-hmm. and I would just add 15 minutes more each week. Um, so yeah. like I was waking up at six, uh, then it was five 45, then it was five 30, then and all the way until I got to five and it was just natural mm-hmm. for me to wake up at five. Um, and I would get this like 90 minutes of personal time when it wasn't infringing on my family uh when there weren't any distractions and uh i, I wasn't in creative mode at first um mm-hmm. and i actually wrote a blog post about this on my personal blog so I'll, I'll find that and share it um just kind of the exercises i had to go through to become a creative morning person um so i think a lot of it is saying you don't have enough time is probably an excuse that you can mitigate just by reshuffling the deck, right? And just choosing where you want to invest, like, mm-hmm. like where you want to carve out the the perfect pocket for you that's going to work for you and your situation and your 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 family. Um, yeah, I think on the permission side too, <clears throat> giving yourself um, permission, and not only permission, but like, I don't know. I don't know what the word is, support something. Like you don't have to, for the sake of everything else, like tune everything else out. You know, I met a very successful entrepreneur who um, 
is in his mid twenties, I would guess. And he has intentionally, um, does not buy a lot of things, has a very simple apartment that's small to like simplify because he's very focused on building his business. And admittedly to the, you know, exclusion of relationships and other things that, you know, someone argue would make life more interesting. Um, But you can experience a different kind of success without doing that focused. I'm only going to do one thing. It might take a little longer, but you have a richer experience overall. Um, and I think that's better. Yeah. The, the book that I recommended last week, Essentialism, is all about that. Like, that's the thesis. Um, it's eliminating all those other distractions mm-hmm. uh, so that you can really boil things down to what's essential to you and, and what you should be focusing on, um, which is pretty cool and, and, and certainly topical. Um, yeah, if, if you're able to, to, to eliminate those things and kind of live a, a minimalist, lifestyle i think that that definitely helps uh helps you build the things that you want to build uh the other thing that that i'm kind of thinking out loud here is uh partnering with people uh and joining a community can certainly help with the time aspect um because you you can essentially share the load of things that need to get done uh i mean i'm thinking of one kind of bad example or not bad example but it's not super great but i i started a parenting blog when my son was born um i guess this is two, over two years ago now and it was called the beardeddad.com don't go there now because i gave up the domain and who, who runs that now um but yeah it was all about my experience as as a dad which was very uh it was very topical um, and very niche because there aren't like a ton of dad blogs out there. There's a lot of mom blogs, uh, but I started to lose steam as I do with most things um, because of the time, right? Like I wasn't mm-hmm. finding enough time to create content, to engage the audience and, and to grow. So what happened was I kind of joined forces with, with my wife to make it more of just a, a you know, a family slash parenting blog with mm-hmm. both perspectives, uh, which is still mm-hmm. unique. Uh, but at, at the same time, what it did was it allowed us to continue to build this thing and serve a specific audience. Uh, but because we are sharing kind of the, the time burden of content creation, it definitely helped me in terms of not letting something just kind of die off and continue the mission um, and actually get it done, right? Yeah, well, I think it's interesting that you brought up um taking things on in a community or as a team. So particularly in our very um, transparent experiment in building a community um, with the group of the three of us, um, I've seen this very interesting dynamic of a tag team of getting things done, but also like a creative energy in connecting with other people. Um, so, you know, my thesis that I'm building now about building things is how essential it is to have a community, how essential it is to do the thing you're doing with other people. Um, It just helps you move forward. You go faster by, you know, it's like the faster, smarter thing. You're not spending all your energy on one thing, um, but you kind of carry each other along in little, little um, sprints. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and you mentioned sprints and, and time boxing. Like, I think that's really important, too. Um, a lot of times, like, I really rely on that at work. 
uh, like I use the Pomodoro technique here um, and you know, we're an ads organization, so we use sprints, uh, but I don't always adhere to that in personal pursuits, uh, which is kind of, it's kind of weird, right? I mean, like we kind of understand it. And so true. Yeah, we, we understand it, we apply it, uh, we utilize it, we see the benefits of it. Uh, but at, at home, it's like, it, it's just like running the endless mile, you know, without yep. really, um, bucketing it out, you know, or. or I have a whole different, yep. yeah, organization technique and ability sure. when I'm, and maybe that's like the whole cutting out the distractions thing. Like there's a lot more that you can predict, maybe. Sure. Um, so it's easier to do that in a nine to five setting. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to the next one unless you have anything else you want to. Uh, I feel like we've 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 thrown out some some ideas out there on ways to tackle the time issue. Although it's yeah. always going to be an issue, uh, it's it's kind of the endless struggle. The struggle is real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, so it, it is. Uh, so the, the next excuse. Uh, this one, I think you see this a lot in, in tech. Uh, I don't personally have what it takes or I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. And like the example I'm thinking of is like, I have this really great idea, but I don't know how to code, you know, or, right. or I'm not a designer. Uh, you hear that a lot in, in tech in the startup world uh, when people kind of have these ideas that are floating around in their head. Um, is that really an excuse to not get started I think, I think it goes to um, getting started on refining your idea and what the problem you're trying trying to solve. Because often, um, I think you can leap ahead to a solution that, in this case, might involve coding or might involve some like really technical thing. Um, but stepping back to try to figure out what tra- problem you're trying to solve, there may be another way to do it that doesn't involve those technical chops that you're assuming. Um, I think that's a, a big start and you know, to the, again, to the community standpoint, building relationships with other people, there might be somebody who can help you out um, and give you a nudge in the right direction on how to get started yourself. Sure. So my take on that too, is I think a lot of times people, uh, and, and you mentioned this too, they, they, they either over-engineer the solution or they just jump to the solution. Mm-hmm. So I think that, when you're defining what problem you want to solve, uh, just prototyping on a napkin uh, right. is is a huge start. Um, so we're talking about excuses on what uh, you know that that we tell ourselves not to get started on something. I, I mean, start on the back of a napkin. Uh, I really think that that can go a long way, and anybody mm-hmm. uh, you know, anybody with a pen can do that. I, I don't think you need to be a a, a UX designer um, or have Photoshop skills, you know, to just start jotting down what you think the user experience should be um, for this this solution to a problem that you're trying to solve. Because a lot of times it's those napkin sketches that are going to evolve, um, and they may point to a totally different problem that you didn't even think of. Right. Or they might show you that hey, this this isn't really a problem at all. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and my other, you know, kind of take on, I don't know how to code or I don't know how to do X. I think that we live in a time where 
that excuse is kind of falling flat uh, because the amount of resources on the web to learn how to do anything is it's it's overwhelming i think it's something mm -hmm. you know um you can really teach yourself basic html and css in a weekend uh if if you really wanted to which you know maybe goes back to the first thing about you know who really has the time to do that right uh, but like if you do have the time and you have the drive uh to say that you don't have what it takes i i think that that's uh kind of a tough excuse to swallow given that there's like a YouTube video for everything, you know, like mm -hmm. if, if I want to learn how to dice the perfect tomato, I can learn how to dice the perfect tomato, you know, like right. Right. There, there are like no excuses anymore for like not knowing how to do certain things. Um, just given the. That's a really good point. You know, like it, it doesn't have to be necessarily a technical thing. Yeah. Um, but we, we have so many free resources um, and, you know, and if you want to invest money as well as your time paid too. Um, but I think, I think the in, more interesting challenge is I don't have the skill set in like the soft skills. And so what, how do I, how do I fix that? How do I approach that? Um, and I think for me anyway, reading stories about people who have, you know, done big things with a little start. Um, or seeing overcoming obstacles, I think that's helped as well. Um, being able to emulate and see like, okay, this person did this and they did it well. And that gives me a chance to do the same. And there's definitely a trend uh, where people start throwing around the term mastermind, you know, like join mm -hmm. a mastermind group, because I think that you benefit from the other members of the mastermind group kind of transmitting their expertise, uh, you know, by osmosis and just yeah. kind of subjecting yourself to really intelligent, like-minded people. Um, not everyone has the, you know, ability to just go out and find and join a mastermind group. I'm, I'm certainly not part of one. Um, but I find, you know, just the second what you're saying about reading other people's success stories, I mm -hmm. think just uh, reading as much as you can on relevant topics, um, it, it gives you that confidence and that, again, industry knowledge by osmosis. Mm -hmm. uh, so like my, my Feedly, for example, uh, is just full of RSS feeds of well-written content by people who are doing the things that I want to be doing. Right. Right. Uh, so I think it's just that daily dose of not just knowledge, but inspiration. Uh, yeah. It really, really helps shape me, um, but also keeps me moving in the, in the right direction. And I think without that and traditional books, too, you know, always being on the lookout for recommendations for good traditional books. Um, without that, if you don't have like a tight knit circle of entrepreneurial friends, to fulfill that need for you, mm -hmm. um, you you might fall flat. You know, like you might never get the soft skills or the the mental tools that you need to be successful. Um, so I think that reading, you know, for sure, uh, and podcasts and just any other forms of media, without overdoing it, of course, sure, uh, is is super important. Yeah, I totally agree.
there's a there's a concept that I know Pat Flynn talks about it a lot, but he he got it from somebody else, and I forget the actual person who kind of came up with this, but uh, it's called just in time learning, and it's basically the temptation to want to consume all the content, you know, like all the things. Mm-hmm. So if I see an article on, you know, how to effectively advertise on Twitter, um, there might be a desire for me to be like, I really need to read that so I can be knowledgeable in Twitter right. advertising, you know, in Twitter advertisements, uh, just in case, you know, the opportunity arises where I'm going to have to advertise on Twitter or, you know, or that's something I want to move into. Uh, and just in time learning really advises against that, you know, where it's like, Take it and pocket it and put it away and save it for the day when you like actually need to invest your time in that. Hmm. So again, it goes down to like focus and intent. Uh, so I, I have a pretty decent system that I recommend people try. Uh, where like Feedly is all my articles, all my RSS feeds, uh, but I save things that I want to read for later, later, and then I pocket things that and I tag them if it looks interesting and it looks authoritative. Mm-hmm. but it's on a topic that really is not going to help me get from point A to point B as point B is defined today. Right. But it might be defined differently later. So I want to make sure, sure I have that for later. Um, so it's a really interesting concept. And it Do you keeps, find, sorry to interrupt. It just, it just keeps you from always consuming, you know, cause mm-hmm. I find I get into that trap too, where I'm listening to 10 podcasts a week and I'm reading 50 articles and I'm doing, you know, 20% creation and 80% mm-hmm. consumption, right? And I think right. that that's, a, that's a trap, right? That's when I feel like a entrepreneur and not an entrepreneur. You know, it's, <laughs> yes. like, it's like I'm just like consumed with entrepreneurial yep. stuff, but I'm not actually going out there and, and building anything. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you were going to say something. No, I was going to say, do you find that you read, you actually do go back to consume most of that, or it's really just an effective filter to weed out the things that aren't? relevant or not important it's a little bit of both i mean the the twitter advertising example is is an interesting example because i i was i was heavily pocketing facebook advertising articles um and resources that i was stumbling upon over the past year Mm -hmm. knowing that i had no involvement in advertising for facebook and then literally uh, about a week or two ago, um, uh, me and two other team members here kind of got handed the opportunity to influence our Facebook ad strategy, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, we all, all three of us jumped at the opportunity. Um, and I found myself going into my pocket, doing a search for Facebook and having like at least like 12 articles, you know, nice. just kind of like at the ready. Mm-hmm. I'd say 10 out of 12 were still relevant. Mm-hmm. And that really helped me take kind of a Sunday afternoon to not become an expert by any means, but like at least have a baseline for how Facebook advertising works, you know? Right, right. Um, and I have all sorts of stuff. Like I've dabbled in like WordPress development before. And then I realized like, hey, I'm not doing any WordPress development professionally or on the side. So I should stop reading about WordPress development. Um, but I have pocketed relevant articles on like plug plug in development and things like that theme development, mm-hmm. so that in, in the event that like the opportunity arises where I need to pick that up again, um, 
those articles will not only inform, but probably also inspire me to get back into like WordPress development mode. You know? Right. So it has been pretty effective. I definitely recommend it for people to yeah. try. It's interesting because so I've tried a similar um, route to all, you know, there's so much to consume and so much that's interesting to me. Um, and I found it is an effective way to filter out the things that aren't so important. So I'll find that I'll actually read or refer to, I mean, I'm guessing like 50% of what I've saved, um, but it helps me stay focused in whatever task that I'm doing at the time and found an article. Um, so just curious if you actually go back and, and reference them. I try to. I'd say I get to maybe twenty percent, um, but it makes me feel good knowing that they're in there. For some, yeah. like it's like a it's like a for sure. thing. Yeah. Um, okay, so this uh, is not really pertaining to the excuses, but I do have a question. Have you ever considered, or could you even fathom, like going into a consume nothing mode, uh, which like I've thought about before, um, but I just don't think that I could do it, and I don't think that it would actually be productive for me. Um, yeah because the amount of value that I do get from certain things I consume uh, is great. I just feel like sometimes I consume so much. Like I have a feed of like 30 podcasts, you know, like that's mm-hmm. insane. And I thought about like, what if I just stopped listening to podcasts uh, or, you know, cut my Feedly feeds down by two thirds. Like yeah. what, would I repurpose that time to be more productive and create rather than consume or would it, like I don't know if you've ever thought about that at all. I have definitely thought about it. And actually I was reading um man, I can't remember who it was. It's you know, someone prominent in the the digital world, like maybe it was the found one of the founders of boot camp. I don't know. Anyway, he decided to do the consume nothing, um, and compared it to like stop he also stopped consuming sugar for a period of time. I think that's J- Jason Fried, I think. Yeah, was did he yeah. do this? I think he but did he, this. Yeah, you sent me that article. And yeah, I yeah. Um, well, so this is like a perfect, ex- perfect yeah. example. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've thought about it um, and thought like, you know, maybe I would have space for other things and I would be able to have better time management. But I find consuming is the perfect starting point for conversation, for ideas. Um, I think I would... I don't know if this is true. I almost want to like try it now. I think, feel like if Chris was on right now, he'd say, I'm going to try it. Um, yeah, but like, sure. would I be less creative? Like I, I need that. Like, I feel like I need the nudge. I need the push to yeah. here's an idea, chew on it. What do I think about it? And then, you know, give it my spin. I know uh, uh, I listen to Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk a lot and he, you know, always comments and this goes back to the first excuse of, I don't have enough time. He said, mm-hmm. like, he hears that excuse from people who will go and, you know, binge watch on Netflix. You know what I mean? So it's like, right. and, and that's a different kind of consumption, right? So like there's, you know, TV and, and leisure and, you know, books for pleasure, like that kind of consumption. And then mm-hmm. what we're talking about, I think, which is more or less like uh, business and startup and entrepreneurial related content and, and things like that. So it's different, but yeah, I mean, I think if you, if you really decide that you want to cut out, uh, I'd be curious if someone ran that experiment or has done that in the past, like what their, their opinion was. So if you're listening on the replay on the, uh, the, the, the podcast or on YouTube, um, tweet at us at Bill Choco and let us know if you've ever done that before. Cause I'm really curious. Yeah, me too. Found success. Okay. So we are, uh, 
wow, we're 40 minutes in already. That's crazy. So let's move into um, use number three, uh, which this is an interesting one. So a lot of people say like they don't have the capital, they don't have enough money, they need to hire uh, developers and they need to hire a team uh, just to start something. And I guess this goes back to like my start with the back of the napkin. Uh, but how do you feel about that excuse? I mean, I know sometimes it's valid, but is, is it always, is it really always the case that you need to raise capital or do a Kickstarter campaign uh, just to see something through? So apparently through my consumption, I've learned that uh, the whole bootstrap versus venture capital approach to entrepreneurial activities, specifically in the tech world, this is, um, is a pretty hot topic. Um, you know, whether you need to just push through and manage it on your own or get a gigantic investment. Um, I think generally I'm in the school of like incremental steps and try it out um, and see what happens rather than going whole hog into something and having this big bang um, to start out. Um, so to me, not having enough money, I don't think is really anything that should stop you um get the ideas going um sure. but then you really need to um we know what's your vision for this thing and maybe it's the difference between a passion project and um something where you're from the get-go like i gotta quit my job i gotta do my own business type of thing i don't know what do you think i yeah so i i really love the idea of crowdfunding, not as a way to, you know, raise the capital to see something through. Cause I really think it's important with crowdfunding that you at least have some type of prototype or some like, like you've gotten it to a point, right? Like mm -hmm. you started soliciting, um, soliciting funds for production of, of whatever it is. Um, right. And I, I love the idea of crowdfunding, not so much from a, I need the money, but more or less from validating the problem. Uh, right. Making sure that it exists, but also engaging with an audience and growing an audience. Like, I think that mm -hmm. that's really awesome. Uh, you know, raising money prior to even having a prototype or really like fleshing out the, the, the problem that you're trying to solve or, or validating that there's a market for it. Um, I think that that's, that's really, it, it's, it's like a sticky situation to, to get yourself in. You know, mm -hmm. like I think that there's too many unknowns. I mean, I know it happens every day. Uh, large amount of large amounts of money get invested into companies who are just in the beginnings of building their products or solutions. Uh, but for me personally, like, I, I definitely don't see that as an excuse to not push it as far as you can within your own capabilities. Yeah. So I had, um, and I shared this with you yesterday. Um, I'll pop it in the notes heard a really interesting podcast with the founder of Gumroad. And it's this whole, this whole idea of do you raise money? Do you bootstrap? Um, do you have to stay on this path of raising money? Um, how do you make, how do you make those decisions? Um, and I thought it was a really interesting um, discussion that what I got out of it most was that you don't, once you choose one of those paths, you don't have to stick to it. So you can work with what, your business needs at that time, um, as long as you have a, a specific vision for what you're trying to accomplish. Um, but it's a great listen if you have the chance. Yeah, I'm still gonna 
I'm going to check that out. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, not having enough money, you know, definitely an excuse. I, I think that I think in a lot of cases, it might be a valid one, probably the most valid of the three that we discussed today, depending upon you know the scale of, of your problem and what you really need to start implementing, even an MVP. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that you know you can still find ways around that. And I'm curious, again, if you're listening to the replay, you know, what are some other things that, that you've done to get over that? Okay, awesome. I mean, that kind of covers our three. Uh, do you have any other major excuses that you, you know, want to just mention? We don't have to discuss them, uh, but things that you've noticed people say uh, just to avoid getting started altogether. Before they get started. Um, I think the biggest one is uh, is thinking everybody else has got it figured out. Sure. So you have to wait till you get it figured out. And I think that uh, I love this experiment so much because we decided, you know, let's just start and show up and see what happens. And I've already learned a ton. Uh, it's fantastic. So um, Mike Smith, who was in uh, in the lab earlier, he shared an article with me this morning from uh, Envision, uh, the design, I guess, feedback web app, which is awesome, uh, really nice product. And one of the quotes from the article was, and if you don't think someone's working on disrupting your industry, you're in for an unpleasant surprise. Mm. So that kind of ties in certainly with what you're saying, like uh, thinking that somebody else is already doing it really well or has it taken care of or is dominating a market um, and not starting or investigating uh, an idea, even if it's just an inkling of, of an idea that you have, it could be a misstep. It could be an excuse because you could be that disruptor. You know, you can yeah. go in and then dis- disrupt a well-established industry. Uh, the same <laughs> way that, that we're seeing uh, apps like Slack. Um, I forget the name of the uh, the kind of Photoshop uh, bomb, bomb, but the yes, Scott Miller wants to disrupt. I love <laughs> okay, cool. Um, I guess we can move into recommendations. I feel like my recommendation is the most super lame recommendation ever. So I'm going to go with it. So um, in the States this week is Thanksgiving and I'm excited to host Thanksgiving for my family. And I just discovered that you can order a uncooked turkey from Whole Foods that's pre-brined. Blowing my mind. I like cooking, but that whole like prep process was really wigging me out. So I'm excited about pre-brined turkeys at Whole Foods and that I have, that I live in a first world to have problems. Are you, so you're definitely doing that. Oh, I'm in. It is reserved and ready to be picked up. So uh, uh, my wife and I, we were kind of talking last night about all the, not just the pre-brined, but like the pre-cooked meals were like already cooked and ready to go, uh, which is awesome. And um, wow, that's a really ridiculous gift that uh, Scott Miller just shared. Yes. And that's not going to mean anything. <laughs> that's kind of not going to mean anything to anyone who's listening to the uh, the replay. But it's basically a gif of an explosion and a cat that's like flying away and I'm loving it. Thank it you. is a teaser to show up on the blab. Yes. So, so this see. is why you need to tune in every week yes. Fridays at 3 p.m. EST so you can catch people like Scott Miller disrupting the chat 
with an exploding cat. We're about disruptions. Yes. I love it. Thank you. Uh, okay. So back, back to what I was, okay. I didn't even get to my recommendation. I was just commenting on this whole turkey thing. Um, <laughs> pretty cooked, like pre prepared $20 meals for two uh, was like a, a thing that was happening. Um, I forget what supermarket it was, but like we were kind of saying, and it was so much value. You got so much food for $20. Yeah. Like maybe like three days worth of food. Um, I wish they had that every week because I would just start off my week with like a $20 pre right? meal and then just like let it carry me through the week. I'm down. Which would be awesome. Okay. So I'm going to share my recommendation for the week, uh, which is kind of a cop out. But my recommendation is the Build Something Show's new email list, uh, which is called The Stack. Yay! What is The Stack? Last week, we talked about how we don't have an email list, and that was kind of silly. Um, so The Stack is going to be a weekly email digest from uh, the, the three of us, from me, Megan, and, and Chris. Uh, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be sent out on Sundays. So each Sunday, we'll send you a great recommended article. Uh, we're always sharing content between each other. Uh, we're always receiving content from other team members here. Um, so we're going to kind of pick our favorite for the week, and we're going to drop it into an email. Um, we're going to share a recommendation for like you know a fancy new tool that we discovered, whether it's something that we're using actively, uh, like Slack or Trello, uh, or something that we're not even using. We just kind of found it. Maybe it's a new startup. Um, and we think it's really cool and it's going to solve a problem. We're going to drop it in there. And then we're also going to have some delightful little Easter eggs. Uh, that's hopefully going to put a smile on your face. Uh, the other thing is we are starting a collaborative Spotify playlist, um, which so far only has three tracks. We're going to add a new track each every week. So it'll grow pretty quickly. Uh, it'll be seasonal. And if you want to get the link to that, it'll be in the weekly email. Uh, so I'm going to, Drop in this link, tnrt.link slash build show stack. Um, you can click that and it'll take you to the sign up form. Uh, so, anybody who's listening to the replay uh, or just checking in, if you go to tnrt.link uh, slash build show stack, you can check out uh, our web form. And if you subscribe, uh, we promise we won't spam you. It'll be a weekly email on Sundays. Uh, so, you can wake up, have your coffee read a great article, check out a new web app and, um, and have a spring in your step and listen to our amazing, our amazing playlist. That's right. Which I'm really excited about so far. It's, it's pretty fun. Um, yeah, that's my recommendation. It's, it's very, very self-serving. Uh, that is a self-serving recommendation and I'm not ashamed of it. Uh, but I'm excited for this, this list and, uh, hopefully we can get some cool people to join. Cool. I think that does it. I think that's a wrap. I'm looking back forward to having the uh, the three amigos back in action next time. Yeah, two is tough. It's better than one, though. I'll say that. <laughs> yes. I, I did a solo lab once, and it was just it was a disaster. Not a disaster. No. But it was very, not as fun. Uh, it was not fun. I mean, it's for me. This is all about the conversations, and I feel like if you're just having a conversation with yourself, it's really awkward. Yeah. I yeah. Can see that. Cool. Well, thank you for joining and contributing. And hopefully, well, next week, I guess, is 
post Thanksgiving. So yeah. we'll have to figure out what we're going to do. So there may be no blab or it may be at a different time, but we'll still keep it on the regular. So what you can do is subscribe to Build Show Co. on Blab. You can follow us on Twitter at Build Show Co. You can sign up for the newsletter or you can uh, listen to us on iTunes. Um, you can just search Build Something uh, and you, you, you'll, you'll see us. We show up. Hey. We rank SEO. <laughs> All right, cool. All right. All right. So long, everyone. So long, everyone. Thank you for those who joined in, and um, I hope everyone has a great holiday if you celebrate Thanksgiving. Ta-ta.